0: Is that what I think it is? The time crystal. It will show you the effects of changing your fate. Coming up,
1: Captain Pike gets a shocking visit from his older self, warning him of a catastrophic future for the Federation if he chooses to avoid the tragic destiny that awaits him.
2: You flinched. You deliberated. And we lost. We fired, Captain, and we were fired upon. That's why you're still here. From the start, you wanted to cripple them not take them out. We may
3: have different points of view,
2: but do not question my combat readiness.
3: Captain Pike and Kirk butt heads over battle strategy as the Romulans threaten to destroy the Enterprise and plunge the Federation into an unwinnable war.
2: Kirk, get out of there! Red alert!
1: We break down this week's episode and reveal the top three moments that made the season finale of Strange New Worlds explosive and mind-blowing. All this and more, coming up on Energize.
0: Energize. Energize.
3: We're boldly going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe, before James T. Kirk.
1: You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast, your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the new adventures of Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore.
3: And I'm Steve Truitt. Uh, uh, This week... Captain Pike attempts to change the tragic destiny that awaits him when his future self abruptly intervenes. Pike's life, the safety of his crew, and the future of the Federation all rest in his hands. What will he decide to do? Here's a warp speed recap of the Strange New World's season finale, A Quality of Mercy.
0: That letter you're about to write is going to wreck the future. Who the hell are you? The time crystal. It will show you the effects of changing your
4: fate. Number one the Captain Park. Outpost four reports they are under attack by a space vessel. Identity unknown.
2: Enterprise, can you see in the center of my screen?
4: Hail them. Warn that ship off. I'm
2: trying. They're not acknowledging us.
4: It's behind the Farragut.
2: Attack pattern, Tiberius four. Captain Pike, we need to talk now. You deliberated, and we lost.
4: Romulans can't be trusted. They shot Farragut right in front of us. Stand down, Erica. You can't let them get
0: away with it! Stand
4: down! Captain, I have you surrounded. Surrender, or we will destroy you. You have one minute to comply.
3: Okay, podcast log. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, Anthony, I, 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 oh my God, I'm, I'm still like reverberating from this episode. It just, what a way to finish the season to start off with Pike and his captain's log and they're on the edge of the neutral zone and you just know some shit's going to go down. Oh, this
1: was absolutely phenomenal. I was, I was so excited. I, I'm still in the high from last week's episode. And I was yeah. wondering, based on the tease, what kind of episode were we going to get? But at the yeah. same time, it is the season finale. And right. they, you know, the producers and directors of Star Trek and the writers have not disappointed in a season finale yet across any other series. And so I, you know, I was just ready for it. I was like, "Okay, what are you what kind of hand are you going to deal us today?" And they dealt yeah. us a full house
3: of action, Dude, it, it, drama, it, everything. It was four aces as far as I'm concerned. I just was Uh, This whole season has been amazing. I've always been critical of Star Trek because I love it so much. And despite a few little things, I will definitively say, as I told my wife early on, this is, without a doubt, my favorite Star Trek series ever.
1: I dare say it might be for me.
0: Yeah. I I dare say that. Captain's Log, Stardate 1457.9. The Enterprise is on the edge of the Neutral Zone. A narrow band of space separating the Romulan Empire from the Federation. A remnant of a treaty from a hundred years ago, when a destructive war was waged between our two cultures. So
1: this week we find the enterprise and the USS Kayunga on the edge of the neutral zone at an outpost to resupply it. And so we we were getting this this whole neutral zone because of, cor- of course in the in the original series the neutral zone was always brought into various stories throughout the entire series. Sure. and, yeah. and so here we are again reviving that. And we're at this this outpost and it's, you know, you know, Pike starts off with um, where he where he began in episode one yeah. with his girlfriend, who's who's a captain.
3: He's cooking for her as usual, right? This time it's leftovers. I thought that was interesting. They've got this banter going back and forth. She's got to leave. She knows something's up, but he's not telling her about his future. No, it's classified. Yeah, you
1: know, she knows that he went through something from uh, episode one. Um, and yeah. of course, she's brought it back up because, of course, he was hiding out. He wasn't answering the call of the Starfleet in Episode One, and she right. was wondering if he was going to go back. And he was all bearded out, and so now yeah. he's cleaned it up. She
2: and said she, she kind of jokes
3: about the beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you know I'm working. I just wanted to meet Captain Pike.
3: <laughs> Apologies, Mott has always dreamt about joining Starfleet. What did you
0: say your name is? Mott. Mott Al Salah. So
1: uh, Pike and Spock are meeting with the outpost chief, and they're talking about the supplies that they're going to outfit, you know, this outpost with. They've been wanting them for a long time. Uh, when his son comes in, eager to meet Captain Pike.
3: Right. So uh, the father introduces him. He said, "He's always wanted to meet you, Captain Pike. This is my son, Mott." And he, I think he says Mott, but his name is Amott Al Salah. So he goes, Mott. Maybe that was his nickname. He goes, Mat al Salah. And the boy's like, Yeah, he's all proud. He's like, You know me And Pike just has that reaction, like, Oh my God. And he he excuses himself and as politely as he can. And, you know, Una follows him. She's there at the table too. He's out, you know, he's kind of in his zone. You can hear the echoes of his future in his head and she she catches up to him and she's like, Chris, what the hell's going on?
1: Yeah, this is this is one of the cadets that will die seven years later in the accident that will maim Pike.
3: Right. And you know, she always says to him, "Look, maybe the future's not set. Maybe you can change it." And it's interesting that she says that because he immediately goes to his cabin and begins to uh, have the computer take a dictated letter to these cadets. These are seven cadets, two of them die, and he's hideously maimed and disfigured, saving their lives. Um, yeah, and he begins yeah, and, to write them a letter
1: yeah warning him warning them of their impending fate and so you know the question is 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 this ethical I, right. I, I guess if you have opportunity to save someone's life i guess it is ethical
0: sorry it's just this room brings back a lot of memories is this some kind of joke a- no how am i supposed to believe that i'm really you you ever going to let me get a
3: word in one?
1: And so, you know, he's doing this, and then all of a sudden he hears someone in his,
3: his room, and it's his yeah. older self. Right, so there's Pike standing there. By the way, in 20, uh, 2280 garb, right? He's in uh, late 23rd century Starfleet uniforms. This is the stuff we saw in Star Trek two II and three and four that the crew wore. Uh, so yes, especially
1: especially the undiscovered country.
3: Right, so it's it's that era, and mm-hmm. he's wearing that garb, and he's like, "Who the hell are you?" And he's like, "Are you kidding? <laughs> you don't recognize yourself? I know I'm a little older, but come on." Yeah, um, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and he goes, "Prove it!" And he tells us he, the older Pike tells a story that only Pike would know. Yeah, and what was really interesting, I really like
1: Mouse performance because he he played it so cool, this older guy, who's kind of like above it, done it, seen it all, done it all. You know, yeah. and yeah, it, it, his demeanor was just kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of different, and I really well, he, appreciated he,
3: that he, performance. He still cracks wise, but you can see that, you know, he's got some years on him. He doesn't have the damage. So it's very clear that something has happened And he explains, I have come back to stop you from writing this letter. And he explains it in a way that he's, and Pike's like, I don't understand. He's like, look, this this is a causality. If you write this letter and stop those kids from being there and don't save them, it basically ends existence as we know it, which is a pretty heavy shift. (laughs) One letter changes everything
1: yeah I mean, this letter is going to have uh, huge implications that affect the future of the federation. And yeah. you know, it's 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 like, what? And I was just like, I mean, right then and there, I was so into this storyline because I'm like, okay, yeah. I wonder how how you know, I sometimes get a little iffy about these these time episodes. But if they're done yeah. really well, it really works. And so for <laughs> Older Pike, Future Pike, to come back and yeah. talk to Present Pike, I think was yes. really really cool, and it and it tied in the uh, time crystals from Discovery Season Two.
3: Yeah. So, so at first I thought this may be a Section Thirty One thing because you know Section Thirty One is time travelers from the future, part of the Federation or a, or an adjunct part of the Federation that goes in the past and repair stuff. We start, Section Thirty One has been around since the TOS days, but no, he got this from. A Klingon, as you mentioned in season two of Discovery. And yeah, he went to, to the tells a Klingon story. Yeah. 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 And, and he, tells a, he tells a bit of a funny story about that. Yeah,
1: I mean, he, he basically tells him that, um, I mean, older Pike tells, Pre- I mean, future Pike tells present Pike that he made the choice to come back. And and tell him of, of the future that he needs to, he, that he needs to stay on course because the we right. were gonna <laughs> had a solution for him that was gonna be at the tip end of a battleith.
3: Right, except the business end of <laughs> it. I love that. Um, yeah, that's true. So so it it and I like this bit of time travel because usually with time travel, they go to the past. And you know I think some of the mistakes that time travel in Star Trek makes is they come to our present day, which I don't always like because it's too easy to do that. And maybe to your point, it's budgetarily easy. Um, but no, they send him seven years in the future to see how, because he wrote these letters and changed the lives of people, how that actually affects um, the timeline and can destroy humanity as we know it. Captain? Oh, sorry.
0: What was I saying? Um, that since the age of wooden ships, all shipmasters have had a happy privilege.
3: Of- so he just right. suddenly is there uh, um, presiding so nice. over a I wedding, and he doesn't even know weddings. where he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he, he was a good, like, uh, what am Captain's. I doing? Um, yeah, I'm
1: trying to catch up here. here.
3: So. Take uh, you. And uh, you want to be married? Yeah. And they're just like, what the hell's going on? Both want to get married, so.
4: All decks, red alert. Repeat, all decks, red alert. Thank God. Number one to Captain Park. Outpost reports they are under attack by a space vessel. Identity unknown.
0: Copy, Mr. Spock.
4: On my way. And, yeah. and saved by the bell.
3: He's yep. saved Spock, by a, a red uh, alert.
1: Spock calls him, and, and Spock yeah. is number one,
3: right? Right. No Una and in sight. Right, and okay. So where's Una? We find that out later, obviously. But it, you know, based on the red alert and Spock's message, the an outpost is under attack, and they're going to warp out there to to help the the outpost.
1: Yeah, and what was really interesting was that the demeanor now granted this is seven years in the future yeah. um i was noticing the subtleties of a lot of our 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 favorite characters you know on the bridge and so when pike walks in spock is kind of cold to him yeah it's like uh they he basically are. wants a, he wants a sit rep and yeah. spock's like you can talk to Ahura for that and i was just like what hey. And and, and Pike was kind of like, what the hell just happened here? Not only is Una not his number one, um, Spock just kind of, I think, was kind of rude, I think.
3: Yeah, and and I was just like, okay, something's happened between the two of them. Uh, Is that explained later? We'll find out. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, so it it was really strange. It was really strange. And so Pike is thrown off. And so we find yeah. out that Outpost Number Four has been under attack, yeah. and there no and there's no word from the other outposts that it, apparently they've been wiped out. And so, number two and number seven,
3: I think, n- are also destroyed.
1: yeah, yeah. And so then, you know, Ortegas is like, you know, this is this is the Romulans, this yeah. is Romulans. So, so um, they they head you know head out to Outpost Four at right.
3: that point, and and along the way, Pike realizes that. Well, he's about to take his ship into some kind of danger. He's gonna need to figure out what's happened in the last seven years and confide in somebody.
0: 2266, seven
4: years into the future. I do not understand. Is this one of your human jokes? I'm serious, Bach. This is, well, it's time crystal stuff. Approaching this logically, time travel seems a less likely solution than that you're compromised mentally. And as your first officer, in these circumstances, it is my job to assume command.
3: So he pulls Spock uh, into his, I think it's a ready room or a conference room. It's a beautiful room, I thought. Um, and and he says, listen, uh, you may not believe me, but I'm actually from the past. And I'm kind of stuck here uh, seven years later. And I've been sent here for a reason. And yeah. Spock's like, are you Spock is Spock's dubious. Yeah, he's not sure. Yeah, he goes. I don't understand this human, you know, humor kind of thing. Um, but the only way to prove it is to mind meld, and that was uh, Pike's idea. So,
1: yeah, because because uh, Spock was already ready to assume command. He, he reminded him. He said, "Listen, if you're you're having yeah. a mental health issue, then <laughs> then I'm going to have to assume assume command." Right. And you know, and like I said, again, Spock is like very serious and cold to Pike.
3: Yeah, and you wonder why. You really want to wonder why there. You know there's something going on. Um, yeah. and so when he when when Spock sees you know my
1: mails with Pike and sees what Pike's future is as we know it, um, you know, Spock reveals that 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 engineering accident six months ago never happened. It never happened right. So right. Spock basically surmises that this timeline um, that the enterprise is on must have that he must have done something differently. That, that led them to this point. So the best way to do is just stay the course.
3: Right, and with Pike in charge, I think it's mentioned by one of them, you know, another captain might have done this differently. And I'm thinking, like who, right? What captain are you referring to?
4: Enterprise is in position and holding, sir. Just out of weapons range.
3: We get back to the bridge, and they're approaching the— Outpost 4. The outpost, and the only other ship even close is the Farragut, but it's on its way. So they they do mention that the Farragut is the closest ship other than the Enterprise, and someone mentions that's La'an ship, and like, oh, great, we're going to see La'an. So they they get to the outpost, and who appears on the screen but Al-Salah, the dad of Mott— who is running that ship He Looks like he's about a mile underground And the place has just been, you know, torn apart
1: Oh yeah, the outpost has been Completely obliterated, everything's on fire yeah. He's the last man standing And yeah. he starts explaining, you know, what happened This vessel uh, um, Just suddenly appeared And had some kind of plasma yeah. weapon That they've never faced before And they're, mile, they're like a couple of mile or two under, Underground And yeah. that plasma weapon still penetrated And destroyed it
3: Just cut right through them. And you're thinking, wait, materialized? Gee, what kind of ship materializes out of nowhere? Enterprise, there is something on our sensors moving fast.
0: Send us your signal. Switching. Enterprise, can you see in the center of my screen? Phasers.
2: Still out of range, sir.
0: We're out of range, Commander. Do you have weapons? Negative. Phasers gone. Weapon crew are all dead. Hail them. Warn that ship off. I'm
2: trying. They're not acknowledging us.
3: And you know, there's a and all of a sudden a ship appears. Decloaking is the classic nineteen sixties but retro but new version of the classic Romulan Warbird, that flat disc type of ship with the wide wings and the and the nacelles on either side. And I just got so giddy. When I was a kid, I made that that model as a kid, you know, with the with the bird painted underneath. And I just got so excited to see that.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and I remember that ori- um, original series episode when we first came, you know, hit the Romulans, and that yeah. uh, we first see the Romulans. Um, yes. And so, I yeah, I was I was definitely excited, but they pop out, they 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 appear, and they finish off the outpost.
3: Yeah, with one good shot.
1: Um, yeah, I gotta say,
3: a- you know, and I, and this happens a couple of times. But the graphics, again this week, you know, I, I, I all due respect to the director, Chris Fisher, this week, I think, who also did just a phenomenal— The directors on these shows are doing a great job, but the graphics department just crushed it. I just loved what they did.
1: Oh, it this is movie exciting. quality. Movie quality yeah. graphics. This was, you, yeah. know, you know, phenomenal.
4: Sir, incoming warp signature. We're being hailed. It's one of ours, the Farragut.
0: ship. Who's hailing us?
2: Their captain, James Kirk. Sam's brother? I mean, uh, on screen. Enterprise, this is Captain James T. Kirk of the USS Farragut offering assistance. And so, right. uh, all of
1: a sudden, you know, another ship comes in and they're thinking, oh my God, the Romans are back to, to finish right. us.
3: And it's right. the USS Farragut. And who's at the helm? Captain James Tiberius Kirk. And I. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, well, I, I, I have mixed feelings about it because I really thought, because everyone said, oh, he's going to be in season two. And I thought, ah, now, you know, season two, does that mean they're going to get rid of Pike already? And, like, do they have to make room for But here he is now. He's the captain of the Farragut. Now, i got to tell you, in J.J. Abrams' Kelvin timeline, uh, Uhura was assigned originally to the Farragut. And she right. complains to Spock. And says, no, 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 I'm assigned to the Enterprise. So I thought that was a little interesting piece of um, extra stuff that they put in there, that it's the Farragut that shows up. And it's Kirk as the captain. He's a, you know, it looks like he's about 30, maybe. Yep.
1: Yep. And um, here we are. Captain and captain, there Kirk, is. captain Kirk is in. So we didn't have to wait. Yeah. Um, nope. And uh, the pictures that we saw of him um, yeah. online... We're from this yeah. episode, so I, yeah. see how I see how they're playing it. So they're, <laughs> they're, doing a, they're doing a really cool job of it, and they're not blowing it. So this is a future this is a future space, an
3: alt-reality. Yes, and, and, and what it took me a minute to realize was, wait, we're seven years in the future. This is not now. So yes, of course, seven years from now, Kirk can be a captain. He's just not captain of the Enterprise because Pike didn't get hurt. So exactly, here he is, the captain of the Farragut. This is a little bit of a altered timeline, a la Kelvin timeline from the JJ-verse. So um, there they are, borrowing another great idea from their own canon, and I thought it was really, <laughs> it was really great. And he's there to help, and, and the first thing they got to do is figure out what the hell destroyed the outpost, and where is it? It's cloaked.
4: By detecting the microlensing of background stars, we can determine an approximate location.
3: Impressive, Mr. Spock. Where's the intruder
4: now? He has changed heading at a very leisurely maneuver. They may not be aware of us. How can that be true? They had to decloak to fire. Their device may work both ways. It makes them invisible to our sensors, but requires a massive amount of energy. They are likely flying blind, without enough power to run their scanners.
2: So we can't see them, but they can't see us.
1: And so they they discuss how to follow this ship while, you know, waiting for Starfleet, because now we we have to figure out what are we going to do? Are we going to yeah. hunt, you know, chase down this ship? Um, but it's the Romulans, and if we chase down this ship and destroy it, what are the implications? Does it send us right. into a war? Because they already had a you know, war with them previously. And yeah. so... You know, there, there are a lot of decisions that have to be made. So they have to radio back to Federation, which is going to take a while to get a response as yeah. to
3: what to do. Uh, but Kirk, you know, being Kirk, uh, suggests, look, let's follow them. Uh, because Spock finds, you know, he, he finds the trail left, left by leftover ions as it makes course corrections or whatever it does. And he says, you know, they're in the blind. We're in the blind. They won't be able to see us either, which I thought was an interesting addition to the cloaking is that they can't really use their lateral or rear sensors. So Kirk says, well, look, let's do a parallel course. We'll follow alongside of them and we'll get right up next to them. And as soon as they get to wherever they're going, we'll be ready to attack. Um, Here's something I was feeling at this exact moment. And that was, I'm not sold on this Kirk because he seems rational he seems mature and he seems like he's been doing this for a while and I wasn't ready for that I was ready for the more kind of rebellious kind of bad guy Kirk who's just maybe even a little naive or not battle-tested yet he really seemed like he had more going for him than Pike did and that kind of bothered me a little bit how did you feel about that
1: Um, Well, the thing about it was, I mean, Kirk's demeanor and how he came across in there was like he was very, very sure of himself. Uh, Definitely more aggressive than what I'm accustomed to with Kirk. You know, he he wanted to go straight up on the offense. And that was made very, very clear. And even, you know, you know, Pike is looking at him and he's just kind of like, okay, is my being here in the future to see what would happen if Kirk made a move? That got us into a war? Is that is that what this is?
0: Jim was always at the top of his class. He's smart and highly skilled, obviously. But he's not above relying on charm or even luck. Sounds like a wild card. A whole deck of them. He doesn't like to take the path everyone else does. And he doesn't like to lose.
1: So that, that leads uh, Pike to meeting with uh, Sam Kirk. Because yeah, he wants, he, he wants. Here, was here really we are, with Sam Kirk again. Here we go, mustaches is yeah. here. Um, yeah, and, and and so he wants to get some <laughs> intel on 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 Kirk and you know his approach, his demeanor, how he you know how he leads.
3: Yeah, and of course you know Sam the brother, he throws him under the shuttlecraft, to use a <laughs> future vernacular. Yeah, kind of yeah, sickly. You know, Jim's Jim's a wild card and. He starts with sometimes, and he's like, no he's, he's always that way,
1: yeah, and, yeah, uh, I mean, you just basically say, you know he's skilled, but he, but he leans into his charm and, and luck,
3: yeah you know, and that yeah. the
1: rule that he likes to bend the rules, the rules don't necessarily apply, which is classic Kirk, that is he does Kirk, and he, bend he also the
3: rules, yeah, that's a quintessentially Kirk, and he also says quite um, accurately, he doesn't like to lose, you know, and there's there's your no win scenario, Kirk. Right. Yep. Yep.
1: But um, I think. Uh, but he, you know, Sam Kirk topped it off. He's like, you know, Kirk's a pain in the ass, but he's also a fine Starfleet officer. So, right. You know, right. but Pike wants to know. You know. Yeah. What will, am I up against here? Yeah. What am I up? What am I up against here? And will Kirk end up starting a war?
4: They cut off transmission, but we managed to make a copy. I think it's a feed from their bridge sir. So we're finally going to see what the Romulans look like.
1: So they head, they head back to the bridge and they intercept a coded message and we get a chance to see what the Romulans look like. And so this mirrors the original series. When we I can't think of the actor's name, but he also plays Spock's father later on, but we we see the Romulans for the first time. And everybody's looking at Spock
3: like, "Hello." I know it was a really weird and awkward scene. The thing I think the thing that surprised me and then didn't surprise me, was how unoriginal the Romulans looked. I mean, we haven't seen Klingons really yet. We saw the Klingons in Discovery. They were really fascinating looking. Um, but the Romulans didn't seem to be too different from what we're used to. I thought we, they might be a little different. But no, they're right down the money with the, the same look. And yeah, everybody looked at Spock, and he's just like... What surprised me was, was that... Spock didn't seem to know that the Romulans were ancestrally uh, related to the Vulcans. That
1: yeah, yeah, I did. was thrown I was thrown off by that because I thought in the original series when I saw them for the first time, I thought in that moment Spock revealed that they shared a common lineage.
3: Yeah. And so I thought he said he it with confidence.
1: Yeah, but maybe in this incarnation... You know that you know because this is seven years in the future. You can kind of rewrite, rewrite the whole thing. Because I was like, wait a minute, I guess so, Pike, yeah. Pike is Pike is seeing, um, is seeing the Romulans before Kirk does. When I was like, well, wait a minute, this is an alternate re- reality, and this is seven years yeah. in the future uh, that didn't never really happen. So they could read, they could write it any way that they wanted to, and so uh, it was it was cool to see to see the uh, the Romulans in that moment and everybody's reaction to Spock.
3: The best reaction in that moment was Spock's himself. They they zoom in on him, tight on his face, and he just raises his eyebrow just like Nimoy did. And 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 I I, I like that. I
1: Yeah, this was a great moment because there, there are people in the room that are really, really forceful. And Ortegas was like like really outspoken in this episode. And you know, first, you know, she, you know, wants the explanation from Spock, you know. Um yeah, and I, w- I was just like, "Wow, she's being really, really bold in this this this
3: this particular episode." Everybody seems to be on edge in this particular crew. I want, I, and I think I know why. Um, the lack of Una, we don't know why yet, but she's not there, and I think that, I think that maybe the director or the writers or the producers, someone said to the cast, "Look, Una's not here." And she tends to be a stabilizing force. I want you to all act now as if you were, you know, you were the characters. What? How do you feel about that? How does that change the dynamic of the bridge? And that may be what they're doing here. Ortega's is a little more angry. Even Spock is interested in. Uh, he says a great line. He says, "I'm not for war, but I am for this attack."
1: Yeah. and I, I was
3: really, really surprised that, that Spock was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you, know, you know, let's attack." Yeah. Um, and well, so... the Vulcans, the Vulcans did that to the Klingons in the 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 um, Discovery's uh, um, premiere episode was called the Vulcan Hello, and the whole argument between um, uh, Giorgio and Michael was Michael's like we have to attack the 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 Klingons. It's the only way. That's how the Vulcans did it, and they've had you know fifty years of peace, right? So it kind of kind of echoes there. Like Spock was like, we need to attack them. It's the only thing they'll understand.
1: Yeah, and Pike was completely taken back by that. I think he was surprised. He was the only one in yeah. the room that basically yeah. wanted to take you know a more peaceful approach.
3: Well, and Benga said he didn't want to do it too. He's he was right, right, right. That's thing. right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know they were the two holdouts. Everybody else is like, let's go in and kick some ass. And so <laughs> I was just like, all right then. But this, you know, in in those moments, I was starting to go, okay where is this headed? Is this headed to some kind of mutiny? Are we gonna have a Crimson Tide scenario somewhere down the line? Sure, Um, sure. You know, I was wondering, you know, how is all of this gonna play out? But then uh, Kirk came up with an idea.
2: We do have another option. We can shadow the ship, follow a parallel course to buy us some time.
4: Not an intercept
2: course, sir? No, the captain is right. That would be a declaration of war. But if Enterprise and Farragut match course and speed with the enemy ship, exactly. Move for move. They might think we're just a reflection, echoes on their sensors. That way, we won't lose them while we wait to hear back from Starfleet.
0: Let's start shadowing them.
1: So basically, with the cloaked ship moving through the comet, it's dispersing particles that was going to allow them to pick to to triangulate on the Romulan ship, and that's kind of how the pincer move
3: was going to. Oh right. Okay. Be executed. They they triangulate their attack from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And and here's a moment where, you know, Pike and Kirk are at loggerheads, right? It's good tension, but it's tension. You know, the, Kirk is absolutely convinced that what he wants to do is good. And even though he even knows it's risky and kind of off the cuff and Pike's like, I don't know, we haven't thought this through. Pike's like, OK, we'll go for it. Because there is, you know, it, it really is interesting the dynamic between the two captains. Pike is just not the cowboy that Kirk is. We just see that with them face to face. It really is interesting.
1: Ah, uh, very much so. So I, you know, I was really excited about that tension between the two of them because now you're wondering what is going to happen across the um, across this whole entire episode. Are these two right. going to have a falling out? Or is it is 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 Kirk going to end up taking over Pike's position? You have no idea. Right. You know, right? but it, but it, but it was it was good to set these these possibilities up because that just yeah. kept me in the chair, had me hanging on every minute that was going by in the show. And so I was just like, all right. All right, we're yeah. planting seeds here, we're, we're setting up because there's going to be some explosions yeah. coming up because Ortega's is pissed and she wants to yeah. kick ass. She wants to fight. Spock yeah. wants to kick ass, Kirk wants to kick yeah. ass, and Pike is, Pike is Pike, and he's you know, trying to find out a, a, you know, a more peaceful solution because we understand what the stakes are, you know? You right. don't want to go right. to a protracted war with the, with the Romulans. That can go on forever. Something isn't right.
4: The captain is correct. We should have seen them by now.
2: Enterprise, I don't like this.
4: Reading gravitational signature again. It's behind the Farragut. Kirk, get out of there! Red alert! Red alert. Erica, close that distance as fast as you can.
2: Attack pattern Tiberius Four. Fire! Oh,
1: yeah. ah. So they go ahead and execute the the pincer move. So they're you know passing through the comet's tail. You right. know, hoping that they're going to see the cloak Romulan ship, and it's nowhere to be found.
3: <laughs> it's gone. I was like, and, "Oh crap! They're too smart yeah. for that." Yeah, they saw it coming, and then it's even it's even questioned: Did they leave you know their uh, their message open on purpose to to draw us in? Um, the second that they do discover it, the the Romulan ship has now positioned itself behind the Farragut, and Kirk yells out, attack pattern Tiberius IV, which of course <laughs> yeah, no, that was, was awesome. That was, <laughs> that was hilarious. And yeah. all I could hear was somebody from uh, the Star Wars universe
1: going, It's a trap.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a oh trap. my goodness. So and the fairness uh, attacked. And, and dude, the
3: graphics again, oh, yeah. just incredible.
1: Yeah, half Incredible. the saucer section is blown away, oh, and, so and beautiful. how it was shot. Kirk's upside down. The way the camera yep. the angles oh, were brilliant. shot. I mean, it was it was really really awesome. I mean, you felt the 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 intensity, the intensity yeah. that was that, that yeah. anybody on that bridge, might, you know, would have felt, knowing that you're about to get
3: blasted. You, you know, really you did get it. Make the upside it. down. That upside down shot. I've never seen anything like that. Again, you know, hats off to Chris Fisher, the director, for making that choice. I just, I loved it. And you know what else I noticed about this season of this show is that there's not a lot of spaceship acting. And, you know, fans of Star Trek know what that is. Whenever they're attacked, they all move. But if you noticed in Next Generation, if you really look, they're all moving in different directions. The only time I've ever noticed spaceship acting that was even remotely real, was in the movie Galaxy Quest, because they actually built the entire bridge on a giant gimbal, and they would actually move it in different directions, and all the actors would be forced to, you know, lurch forward or lurch back or lurch to the right or left. I thought that was brilliant, because it was all in symmetry. In this one, they just kind of show them falling. They don't show them, like, actually spaceship acting, which I think is I think it's good. I think it's good they leave. Yeah, that I think act. I
1: think it's better because what you'll see is a flash and explosion, then you see somebody flying across yeah. the room. And yeah. so yeah. but yeah, yeah. So I mean the Farragut just gets destroyed. And you yeah, and you know that they've lost, you know, dozens and dozens of crewmen. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 crippled. They're done. Uh, but I'd love the battle sequence. They're
4: firing their plasma weapon. Race for impact! They six, seven, and nine. Their weapon control is
0: down. It should have destroyed us. How are we still standing?
4: They were shooting at a distance. Perhaps their plasma weapon is less effective when fired long-range. Status of the Farragut. Critical. They will lose the life support inside of five minutes.
1: So then the Romulan ship, you know, faces off with the Enterprise. And you're like, oh, my God, are they going to meet the same fate? How are they going to get out of this? And so they fire their plasma weapon. Uh, the Enterprise gets grazed. And then the, Inter- um, the Enterprise fires at, gets a lucky shot at the Romulan ship and, and damages it as well.
3: So they both have crippled, crippled themselves. Um, Which is interesting to me because the, the Romulans were able to cut that outpost in half with one or two... Of those um, blasts, it's interesting that they would miss like that. You almost wonder if it was on purpose. Um, and we find out a little bit later about the captain of the Romulan ship. But they yeah, got to get it, Kirk the but they're and moving the targets. I
1: mean, the uh, the outpost was just a straight up sitting. Oh target. yeah, he that's it's not like it yeah. Like the outpost could like pick up and move. All right, move four degrees. It wasn't yeah, going to happen. Know, it wasn't going to happen. But they winged it, and so now you know we have a dire situation on the Farragut. So we, we're transporting everybody aboard. And, um, oh, what a moment. Pike to Transporter. Get the pads
0: warmed up, Chief. We're about to test their upper limits. Clear the pads. There's one more group behind us. Oh, I'm glad to see you. Oh, um, I didn't know you were a hugger, Lieutenant. Oh, Commander? Or have you forgotten? Uh, yeah, Of course I haven't. Uh, speaking of... When's the last time you talked to Una? Why well, I, I can't talk to her. No one can. It, she's not allowed contact.
1: Of course. Uh, uh, future well, first, yeah, future Lon greets Pike on the transporter up. pad, and this is like, what? Her hair's and down. He's like She's yeah. She's yeah he's like, hard. hi, Lieutenant.
3: Yeah. He's <laughs> hi, Lieutenant. She's like, mm, it's Commander.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and then she uh, gives she gives him a, a real big hug. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, I didn't know you were a hugger. And she's like, have you forgotten? So I'm like, past yeah. nice relationship, yeah. obviously. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a good thing. So yeah, you've got a little bit of history going on there. Oh, one more little thing about La'on. You know, Pike did ask about Una, hey, when's the last time you talked to Una? And she's oh, like. Oh, right,
3: right, right, right. You know, that she's blank like, no one at, has.
1: Yeah, no one has. I'm just like, oh, she must she have been found out
3: that she's an Illyrian.
1: No, that's not what I
3: was thinking. Yeah, that's a good guess. I I was was thinking. thinking. I thought she was dead. She's like, because she said no one has, and I'm like, oh my god, is she dead? And then she goes, because she's in the penal colony. And I'm like, oh yeah. Then they found her out. Yeah. At first, they to me they hinted that or they 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 kind of it felt like a red herring. Like they made me think she was dead, and then yeah.
2: Captain Pike, we need to talk now. You flinched. You deliberated. And we lost. We fired, Captain, and we were fired upon. That's why you're still here. From the start, you wanted to cripple them, not take them out. We may have different points of view,
0: but do not question my combat readiness, Captain.
2: I'm saying caution means you're not going to put everything you have into the punch. And that's a good way to lose, because your enemy will see that and act accordingly. All this because of a second's delay. Tell me I'm wrong
1: captain. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So so very interesting exchange there. So Pike and Kirk are, are in his ready room and you know Kirk's letting him have oh, it. I was just like,
3: oh, "Wow. Dressing him down, dude. I mean like and and letting him know that, you know, his indecision and his flinching ruined it, ruined the plan."
1: Yeah, and but the thing was Pike didn't take that though. He said don't question my readiness and, and yeah. Pike essentially was yeah. like, "Okay, you're calling me out, but your own ship was destroyed." And I was like,
3: "Boom." Yeah. <laughs> and he and Kirk says, "You know, touche. You're right. You got me."
1: Yeah, got me but that. it was really good to finally see you know, Pike pushing back cuz we haven't seen it all season. We haven't seen him like be forceful in that way. And he was just like, he was just like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not having that. Your ship, didn't your ship get destroyed? Who's still got a ship?
3: Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Um, So then, you know, in true Pike fashion, he goes to the bridge and he's like, look, we're going to message these Romulans. We're going to talk to them. And and everyone's like, what? You can't, you can't do that. I mean, you know, this doesn't make sense. You know, no one's ever talked to them. No one ever does that. They just want to kill us. And he's like, "Let's yeah, give it a try."
1: Yeah, Let's give it I a was. Try. I and I, I have to say, in that moment, I was just like, "Come on, dude!" I th- you know, at that point, I thought he was bending over backwards to defuse the situation. Yeah. You know, and maybe, maybe that's what you know leadership on that level is about, especially when the stakes are that high. You know, but I was like, "Wait a minute! They just destroyed the Farragut. They yeah. almost destroyed the Enterprise." You know, at this point. Captain Anthony McLemore is like, listen, I'm ready to kick some ass. You, you, you're not going to get away with that. You
3: destroyed an outpost, a ship, and almost destroyed mine. That's three strikes done. Yeah, I think I was the same way, and I think any one of us would, would have felt the same way. And yet Pike, true to his nature, um, is working the diplomacy angle. <laughs> Lieutenant Uhura, open a channel to the Romulan ship.
2: Sir, they haven't responded to any of our hails before.
0: I know. Open a channel. We're going to send them a message.
3: What are you doing? Taking a risk. He sends out a, a communique, and the Romulans respond, and for the, you know, the captain comes on, and Pike mentions, you know, our way is empathy and understanding and cooperation, and the Romulans are like, that's kind of weak. <laughs> we see that okay. this weak. Exactly, so, exactly. Prepare and, to be and, killed, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. But they but they um they, you know, you know, Pike suggests, you know, why don't we give each other enough time to repair ships, bear our dead, yeah. and maybe this yeah. gesture will you know, begin negotiations. Yeah, some, and so right, they, they agree to the, the the ceasefire, but no one is on board with this on on the enterprise. I mean you know, it's it's trust Rob, Romulans or not. And everybody's like, no, don't trust him. And, and this is where yeah. Ortegas just goes yes. off. She yep. goes off. Shh.
3: Captain, they are lying. Romulans can't be trusted. They shot Farragut right in front of stand us. Stand down, Erica. You can't let them get away with stand it. Stand down! Well, so and, does Pike. Yeah, and Pike that's, turned around and shut her down. <laughs> that was the goes, first time. He stand down. That is the first time I've seen him be... Angry, assertive, yeah. and determined. And, I, and that's, that's what I've been looking for. And, you know, we were discussing early on in this, uh, in this um, season, you know, where's the mistake Pike's going to make? And I think that we found it in, I know you had said early on that you had pinpointed it, but honestly, I think this is the episode of The Mistake. The mistake he makes, and, I, and I've been saying this since day one, was in this episode of writing the letter so future self comes back and says, that letter ruins everything. And now, now we're seeing the consequences of his mistakes. Um, you know, not taking action when he should have and putting, you know, the, the entire you know, human race and the Federation ahead of his own needs. But that stand down was like, no, we're going to do what, I, what we're going to do. The music in that scene was incredible. I really love the composer of, of this, of this score. Um, It was just super great. But not only were they angry on the Enterprise, the subcommander on the Romulan ship was just as angry. He's fighting. He's pushing for war, too. Yep,
1: he's pushing for war. But the commander of the Romulan vessel is just like, aren't you tired of war? I mean, he's an old head. And old warriors tend to mellow. in in, in tired of war. They've
3: seen death. They know better. They say there's, there's old warriors and bold warriors, but there's no old, bold warriors. And the no. guy says, I'm old enough, and I don't care what people think of me. <laughs> and he says, engines first, weapons second. That's what we're going to yeah. repair.
1: Yeah, but he told his uh, first officer about his father, the situation that he was in. His, yeah. you know, The first officer's father was, you know, died gloriously in battle. Yes. But, you know, the commander just basically told him, to listen, uh, yeah, 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 he died gloriously, but he didn't have to. Um, right. the captain was reckless, yeah, he didn't have to die, yep. and so yep. he's trying to avoid the same thing, but you know you can tell that, that his first officer is not buying it yeah but but I, but what was really great is I love the juxtaposition uh to what was going on in the Romulan ship versus yep. what was going on in the enterprise sure. and uh, I love when writers do a good job of explaining. You know, showing, exhibiting what leadership is about. Yes. There are a lot of tough calls, and yep. and what was going on here is not doing the knee jerk or being a drone where you just fight because because right. your leaders tell you to fight.
3: You know, some, right. or because some it's your point, nature,
1: like a cling right. right. It, yeah, exactly. And at some point, we see it throughout history. Eventually, even some of the most hard, uh, bitter enemies eventually have to lay it down. Most of the time. Yeah. You know yep. because you you just can't go on year after year, decade after decade, you know it it cost everyone, so you yeah. know that that was a constant reminder and a real world lesson, I think that came out of these conversations between the captains and their
3: first officers. I agree with that i I, I like that too and i I really did like that the Romulan commander had the same sensibility because it seemed to me like we were just about to have. Detente here, but of course we know from future Pike visiting in the beginning of the episode. That's not what's going to happen at all
0: So many things have gone wrong today The loss of outpost Four, the destruction of the Farragut Any one of them could set us on the path to a dark future But I can't
4: help feeling There's something worse to come typically no one can know the future in the moment.
1: We jump back over to uh, Pike's ready room and he's talking, you know, speaking with Spock and he's, you know, lamenting that, you know, maybe the worst is to come. And he's, you know, very unsure um, and, we, and we find out that uh, Uno was sentenced um, to prison for her deception and that was like, for, for being an Illyrian. So it, it caught up Spock reveals it up that, to her. right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yep. Spock reveals that. And then Kirk yeah. enters. You want me to tell you that I wouldn't have tried to blow those Romulans out of the sky? Well, I would have, but it wasn't my call. Okay, we're here now. And the truth is, I don't know these Romulans can't be trusted, but I also don't know if they can and neither do you.
1: Now again, we're having the same conversation that the Romulan uh, commander had with his first
3: officer. Right, right. And Kirk's like, look, you know, we need to do this, and we need to do it definitively and decisively. And, you know, obviously, uh, Pike is against it, but he also, Kirk at the end, says, look, I need you to trust me. I just, I've got a backup plan in case this detente doesn't work. Do you mind if I borrow a shuttle? <laughs> and he does, and Pike lets him. And I, I thought that was also a beautiful shot of the yeah. shuttle leaving yeah. the shuttle bay, and off Kirk goes, God knows where,
1: to parts unknown. And yeah, yeah. and I, you know, on that on that note, that, that that Pike was like, hey, you know, pride is something we can't afford. But yeah. I like the fact that you know Kirk, you know, gave in to a degree. While still yeah. offering a a, a a solution, I think that's where you know good good officers you know work together because either yeah. one of them could have dug in their heels and it, it would have been a disaster. Yep. So yep. in the, in this situation, you have to you have to make concessions, and they yeah. both made concessions. Pike said, "Okay, you know, go ahead and yeah. you know do your backup plan," and at the same time, Kirk you know yielded the floor to Pike. It's his ship. And we're going to go yes. ahead and go with this this peace plan that you have, but let me back you up. But like any good first first officer, because basically Kirk at that point was the second you know the second leader on the ship, and so right. yeah, yeah. But any good commander of a vessel listens to his subordinates um, and listens to all possibilities. And I'm you know I'm always of the of the of the mind mindset that you know, the best defense is a good offense. So I don't, you know, I, I may have a plan and I may have a way of uh, approaching it, but I don't want to be caught with my pants down. So I would have yeah. let Kirk, I would have let Kirk do it too. So what, you, what do you have? Okay, go do it just in case I'm wrong.
3: Right, and we don't know what the plan is, but off he goes for the shuttle. Next scene, you know, we've got Spock in that classic Jeffries tube.
4: Try it now.
2: All right, that's the one. This is where the auto repair was getting hung up.
4: She's pretty fused. I do not need to remind you that we have less than two hours to restore phaser control to working order. I'm an
2: engineer, not a medical worker, Mister Falk.
3: And he's talking to someone who's out of camera, off camera, but has an extremely distinctive voice. Yes, yes, it's Scotty. (laughs) He didn't name him. He didn't say by
1: name or
3: anything like that. No, of course I I never see him. I thought it was really cool. He's like, we're going to need these systems back up. He goes, I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not a miracle worker. And that was more Irish than Scottish, but yeah. yeah. And, I, and I loved it because uh, they,
1: I, I think the direction was really, really good to yeah. introduce without showing.
3: Yes. And and here's where, this is where it hit me. My first thought was, oh, I was almost bummed. I'm like, oh, they're bringing the whole cast too early. And then I realized, wait a second, this is still seven years in the future. This is not now. They're just giving us a taste, but it's still going to be Pike's enterprise for the conceivable future. This is just a future look. That's why Kirk is there. That's why you hear Scotty. And I, I, I suddenly became okay with it. Like, oh no, it's perfectly fine. We're just oh, yeah, getting yeah, a glimpse the writers, of them in the future. The,
1: yeah. Yeah, the writers were yeah. brilliant at this because yeah. they got a chance to play all these games with us with, you know, the first mention of Kirk and it was Sam Kirk. Right. And then yes. online, you, yes. saw, you saw a picture of James T. Kirk and you're like, wait, what the hell are they going to do? Second are they season, do all this? second season. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, oh my God, second season, Kirk's going to be there. But no, no, no. No, they, they perfectly set us up <laughs> by doing brilliant. a leap forward.
3: And and this is again your alternate future. The genius of this producing team is they never ever overdo anything. They don't hit you over the head with anything, and they don't saturate. They don't throw all the characters in there as red meat for us fans, and then leave us, you know, with nothing left. They're like, no, no, no. Here's a little glimpse of the future. You know, Scotty's right around the corner. Kirk's here. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to see him again. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, It was, it was superb. Just superb. They just can't do anything wrong, in my eyes.
1: (laughs) So it was really cool. So back on the bridge, the two-hour mark hits, and I'm just sitting on the the edge of my seat
0: because I'm like, okay, okay, what's going to happen now? Open a channel to the Romulan ship. Have you repaired your ship, Commander? Have you repaired yours, Captain? Conventional wisdom suggests that our next move is to resume hostilities, to fight. You yourself told me that in your culture to do anything else would be a sign of weakness. But let me tell you a way in which humans are not weak. Our strength comes from our willingness to see a partner instead of an enemy. In our culture, that is an act of faith and strength, not a failure of character. Do Romulans have that kind of strength?
2: I too tire of endless war. Who's gonna
1: double-cross who? And there are multiple ways that this could have played out. Either the Romulans could have reneged on their deal, or uh, people on Pike ship could have sure. you know, done a mutiny and reneged on the sure. deal, and, sure. or Kirk could have gone off and done something to set this whole thing off, and yeah. so I you just didn't know. And I love the fact that they planted all of this doubt and possibilities. So I didn't know how how to read it. I I couldn't predict how this was gonna gonna play out. And that and I think that's a good. Idea. That was brilliant on the
3: writing part. I, I agree, especially when they get back in communication with each other. And Pike is like, look, we don't have to have a war. And the Romulan commander, you know, says extremely solemnly, I too tire of endless war. And as soon as he says that, you think, oh,
2: this is going to be great. But what happens? Why is the fleet here? I did not call for them.
0: I alerted them of our situation, commander. The Federation showed weakness. It is the Romulan way to strike. You were not going to. I
3: took matters into my own hands.
2: You disobeyed a direct order.
3: Had you not negotiated with the federation, I would not have needed to. Half the Romulan fleet just warps in. Yeah, and, and they're like, "Oh, pike you've been served." <laughs> totally. Commander was betrayed. Right? The prayer Well, yeah, sh- yeah but we we find out up.
1: 2 seconds what happened. Yeah. We we find out, you know, that yeah. um you know, even the Romulan commander was shocked. You know, he's like, "Wait a minute! I didn't call for any other ships to come in here." Right, right. And then, and then, boom! This flagship
3: comes in, and was yeah. that Tasha Yar? I mean, you know, uh, it's so funny you say that. I, I the, my first thought was it was, but it couldn't be, because Tasha was a hundred and ten or twenty years later.
1: So, yeah, but was it, it, was it the actress? Was it Denise uh, Oh, no, no, Crosby? no.
3: Denise Crosby? No. No, that was uh, another actress named Carolyn Scott. I just looked it up. I didn't know. Okay, good, good, good.
1: Okay, but uh, <laughs> so, so the, the, uh, the flagship commander's like, listen, you know, surrender or be destroyed. <laughs> right.
3: And he's like, oh, man. What the hell's going on?
4: Perimeter alert. We have ships incoming, sir. Dozens. More Romulans? No. They look like ours
3: Now just as it seems like the enterprise is about to get destroyed uh the, the the officer says we've got more ships coming in but and she says they look like ours which I thought was an interesting yeah. choice of words
1: yeah, and then boom! Here's Kirk, and he's got a reinforcements of robotic mining ships.
3: <laughs> I was right, like So, he, and now, the record goes, Ew. yeah, and they, they all warp in, dun, 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 and and they're like, "Those are mining ships. They don't even have weapons." And they're like, "They don't know that." And this is Kirk now demonstrating that he doesn't believe in a no-win scenario. This is his Kobayashi Maru moment in this in this series where he you know basically saves the day, man. He goes off yep. half-cocked and he comes back with a with a fleet. It yep, was great.
1: I, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a brilliant, very Kirkian move.
0: By now, you've probably noticed our armada of Starfleet Delta-class attack ships, but we won't have to use them, will we, Praetor?
4: This is an act of unparalleled aggression on the border of our territory, Captain. No,
0: just a standard training maneuver that happened to land our fleet here the same time as yours. You wanna know what actually is an act of unparalleled aggression? A Romulan bird of prey using cloaking technology destroying our neutral zone outposts. I know nothing of what you speak. That's okay, we'll send you a recording of it decloaking right before destroying outpost four. Yeah, I thought
1: the next thing that happened was just so funny to me because now, now the the Romulan commander is like, you know, this is an act of aggression. I'm like, are you really? I was like, cut
3: the crap. (laughs) Well, that's what they said too. With your whole armada, yeah. Now, oh yeah, you destroyed a couple outposts, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And she's like not not believing it. He's like, oh yeah, you guys, you know, destroyed an outpost, and he sends her the video. And then
3: she believed it. She knew it, but she was denying it until they had video proof, and she's pissed because they allowed themselves to be discovered.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, with, with, with this evidence, you know, they, they push out the, the cloaked Romulan ship with the, good, with the good commander on it, and you're like, wait a minute, are they about to destroy their own ship?
0: So we see each other once again after all. What are you doing? Only what is asked of me. I never called for that armada. We can beam you and your crew aboard. You don't have to do this. It is not our way. I regret that we meet in this way. You and I are of a kind. In a different reality, I could have called you friend. What purpose will it serve to die? We are creatures of duty, you and I.
4: Just one more duty to perform.
3: I'm thinking she's going to say, okay, Enterprise, go ahead, take a shot at them. They won't fight back. But that's not what happens
1: she destroys it herself. And I was like, oh, yep. this so sucks because that that the commander of that ship was just such a nice guy. And you know, we right. could have been friends. We could have started something, <laughs> but, but, yeah. but the rob but the Robins are stuck on how they are. This is what
3: and, we do. And true to the prophecy that old Pike shows young Pike. There's no way this is gonna go well, because he says in the beginning, because you don't, you know, save those kids and hurt yourself, you destroy the Federation and millions of lives. And so of course it's not gonna go well. They, they, you know, the Romulans are true to their nature. We don't like weakness and we destroy it. So we just killed, you know, our own people. Thank you, Captain Pike.
4: If not for your weakness, we would have never known what easy targets your Federation would be. Goodbye.
3: Powering up weapons again.
0: Invasive maneuvers, Erica. Patterns eight to three. <laughs> Kirk, get back here. We're about to warp out. Roger that.
4: Captain, warp engines aren't engaging. Erica. I'm sorry, sir. Sir, the drone ships are moving.
1: Son of a bitch. So then, the Romulan flagship and the whole fleet starts attacking. And so now we got a battle on, and Kirk is the is, is basically you know using the mining ships to give uh, the Enterprise cover, but they can't even move because the engines don't even work. They can't even jump to warp. And so I'm just like, oh my god, how's this gonna you know how's this gonna end? And so the mining ships are just you know taking all the hits, and finally you know they they, they do get Captain Kirk aboard, and uh, you know skedaddle. Of course, nick of time, right? And yeah, but, 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 the, but the Enterprise took a lot of hits, though. And there yeah. were
3: whole breaches everywhere. And at that moment that they leave, the Romulans declare war on the Federation. That's the linchpin. That's the moment that Pike has brought them to because of his attempts to change the conversation with the Romulans. It has backfired miserably. There's a fascinating shot... Um, where he's walking through sick bay and looking at all the damage and all the the hurt people. Yes, yes. It's like a selfie shot. They hand him the camera himself. Did you, did you notice that? Like he's walking. Oh around yeah. Oh it, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's 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 a classic Spike Lee move. And if you look at the movie Malcolm X, there's a there's a spot when Denzel Washington is moving. Down the sidewalk, and he's done this in. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's actually Spike Lee's signature move, and I guarantee mm. you, they got it from Spike Lee in all of these okay. films. At one point in the movie, that yeah. move is used, um, yeah. and and they use it's it in White cool Klansman, to, I mean, in Black Klansmen. They use it in Black Klansmen too. Oh, so okay. uh, it was really great because it really amplified the chaos that was going on, and it's, yep. it's kind of that feeling like everything's coming at you so. Uh, in such a blitz, you know. And, and he's there, in the there, center there.
3: of it. Like, he's and the he, cause of it. That's what it really focuses yeah. you on, you know?
1: Exactly, exactly. And yeah. I just thought it, you know, cinematically, I just thought it was a brilliant move to make. And yeah. there's just chaos everywhere. There are injured people all over the place. And like you said, you know, Pike definitely feels responsible for this. And then he makes eye contact with Mbinga, and Binga just has this yeah. very sad and look. And he just kind of, you know, he kind of just looks... ...looks across the room.
3: Massive cerebral trauma. Major blood loss. Spinal fractures.
4: Radiation
0: burns across 40% of his body.
2: I'm not sure that he will recover from this. And then...
1: Pike walks over and sees Spock. Ugh, Spock
3: is well. The first thing so, we see is one leg, you know, blown off. Right. One leg's still there, but the telltale green blood is. There's no one else it could have been. And as as we curve around the corner, then we see, interestingly enough, and ironically enough, a very badly mutilated Spock, just like Pike was mutilated yeah in in his foreshadowing same kind of damage to his face upper body um nurse Chapel is there, and she basically runs down the injuries and tells Pike you know he's barely clinging to life, and even if he does live, well, she says something a little less severe than I thought. she said he'll never be the same, but I thought like she she could have said something like he he'll be a vegetable or you know he won't he wouldn't have wanted to live, you know that
1: way. Yeah. No, but I like I like the subtleties of it. You just he'll never be the same. I mean, you're looking at him, you know, you you realize he won't be the same. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's, he's like severely you know, radiation burned, and he yeah. and, and she he's uh, had severe brain, uh, brain trauma, so he won't even be the Spock we all know.
3: Yeah. The one thing I really did think was going to happen, and this is what threw me for a loop, was because I knew because we all know that Pike's decision. Changes the future, uh, and ruins you know the the Federation. I thought that his actions would kill Kirk, that Kirk out there you know with all those drones he goes to get the drones, but in the midst of taking the, the the fire, he gets killed, and it's you know Kirk's the one that's always going out and saving the galaxy. We know him as that, right? So that's what I thought. I thought Kirk should have or was going to die. And that's what causes the Federation to fall apart and he doesn't save the galaxy and blah, 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 blah. And I found it interesting that they chose it to be Spock instead, but that's no, somebody that Pike it, knew.
1: Right, but it makes complete sense. And, I, and, I, and, I, and this is just another tip of the hat to the writers because they, they, yeah. they've tied things across series.
0: I know what you're thinking. I was thinking the same thing when I went through this. That I traded my fate for Spock's. Yes. This isn't going to help, but it gets worse. This war with the Romulans, millions die.
1: So Pike is, is back in his quarters, and he's back in there with his future older self. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Pike is just like, you know, I I traded my fate for Spock's. So he's realizing that, yeah. you know, and, then, and that millions are going to die because of a war that, an endless war that's going to continue. And so right. that's the moment when I realized, I was like, oh, I get it all. So older yeah. Pike is saying that, that Spock has a key role And that's in the next generation in unification yes. Because he's the right. linchpin He's the linchpin That Ambassador yes. Spock in the future Yeah Brings the Romulans Into
3: the fold Yeah and, and, and they really yeah. brought that home When future Pike says Look we've tried this before Many times Like this has been done before I thought that was a fascinating wrinkle And he goes every time we try to change the path Spock dies this is the only way. So they've tried this maybe a dozen times. I thought that to be just fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was great. It was, it was, it was a, a superb twist because I was yeah. like, oh, yes, it makes so much sense. And, yep. and, and, and as soon as you said it, I, I knew it. And, you know, and I'm not one of those people that remembers the names of past episodes across the right. various Star Trek series. But for some reason, I knew that one. I was like, oh, Unification.
3: Yeah, yep absolutely. yeah yeah good so you, that,
1: that was that was a, that was a nice touch. It was a very, very nice touch and a good way to use source material to build a yep. fresh story for this series.
2: Mm-hmm. and i thought I thought it really, really worked. I'm sorry things went down the way they did. You tried for something better. tried and lost. Did it ever occur to you that sometimes you can't avoid a fight? If you had just chased that Romulan ship from the get-go and taken it out, maybe none of this would have happened. So come on over and have a seat, Captain.
0: Tell me about yourself.
1: So
3: uh, Kirk walks in and the two of them have a drink. Yeah, and Kirk acknowledges Pike for, for what he did do and trying to, you know, do the right thing he said you know you you really you you gave it your all and you really are dedicated and as they're zooming out and the last time we're going to see Kirk he begins to tell he's like tell me about you and he's like well you know my father was George Kirk and he served on the Kelvin and it was just I just loved hearing that as they zoomed out you could barely hear his voice but and we still got by the way we still got 10 minutes left as we always do <laughs> because that would have been, that could have been more. the end right they, that could have been the end right there, but it's not. Um, there is yep. more. Yes. So, so
1: Pike, uh, Pike touches the crystal and goes back yep. to his regular timeline. Chooses yeah. to
3: go back. Yep. And the first thing he says is, computer delete that file.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: He realizes
1: and, and you know, and, and that's he could be selfish and only think about his his life. But sure. uh, Pike isn't doing that. He's looking at the the bigger picture, and um, I respect that. It just shows
3: who Pike is. And, well, it also is a hallmark of most, if not all, Starfleet mm-hmm. officers. Is you know the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one, of the um, few or the one, uh, the few or the one. Thank you.
4: Um. <laughs> Am I interrupting? Very glad to see you. But you saw me only moments ago. Right. You left the briefing suddenly. It was uncharacteristic. Was it? But now your demeanor appears changed. Having heard the boy's name, I cannot help but wonder if this pertains to your future. Let's just say I think the universe is telling me that some fates
0: are inescapable. And even if I could get out of mine,
4: it might just fall to someone else. Someone you know? Yes. Is that why you are very glad to see me? I believe I may owe you a debt of gratitude, Captain. So, Pike and Spock are
1: talking, and this was a really, really good scene, because Pike has seen Spock die in the worst way. Well, not die, but be gravely injured in the very, 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 very yeah. worse way. Also he has right. this knowledge of the of the role, the pivotal role that Spock will play in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you know, Pike basically in a way shows his bro love, you know, to Spock. You know, yeah. he he he's, you know, he tells him that,
3: you know, you're you're important to me. And Spock says and you are to me, sir. I mean it's a nice it is a nice moment. It's yeah, funny because he says, cause, Chris. Yeah. And he says, he sir, says, Chris, like, yeah. Chris. Yeah. And in the beginning of it, Spock walks in. He's like, Oh, it's so good to see you. He's like, I just saw you like a minute ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 What um, are you talking about? Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> but they go back to the bridge and Una's there. First of all, yay. Right. She's back. Yep. And Pike does this little tour to music. So this, music this, is wonderful, yeah, this music called yeah. making memories, you know? Yeah, and it's uh, just that everybody notices charming. that
1: there's something different about him, and he's just walking. And there's something and he's different just about them.
3: Yep. Right, they're looking at him. You know, like not unlike the seven years from now crew was. They were all bitter and whatever they were. This crew is really lovingly appreciative of who Pike is. I'm making memories that I can keep. And
1: so uh, the music keeps playing, and then. Um, <laughs> lo and behold, lo and behold, we still got a couple of minutes left. It's not over yet, but wait, no. there's still more. And so Ahura uh, says that uh, Captain Batal, his girlfriend, uh, his girlfriend, uh, his girlfriend, Captain Batal is, you know, hailing them and saying that Pike is going to meet her down. Yeah, meet us down yeah. in the transport room. And so, boom, we get down there and we got red shirts. What
0: the hell is going on? Under Starfleet Code of Conduct 587.63, I am arresting Commander Unichin Riley for violations of our anti-genetic modification directive. She's an Illyrian. Chris. I don't care what she is.
4: I don't wife. like it either, but I have orders.
0: Uh,
3: Captain,
4: don't. I've known this might happen for years.
3: I did not see this coming in the slightest. Now, I don't know why I didn't see it coming, because in the future she was in jail. I, maybe they didn't mention, maybe um, La'an did say she's been there for the last, whatever, seven years, ten years. Uh, but I just never thought for a million years that they'd be coming for Una right there at the end of the the last thing they do and the last thing of the series is they take her away. And And the girlfriend just keeps saying, you know, This is this wasn't my choice. This isn't what I wanted. You know what I mean. It's almost like she's blaming him.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't think that she was blaming him. She was just basically saying, "Hey, I know how close she is to you. This wasn't my call." I think she was just kind of washing her hands. She said it. it,
3: but she said it a few times, right? And and. I wonder if it plays back to any bit of their relationship where in the beginning, when he had his beard and he'd given up Starfleet and she'd, she had probably wanted him to stay and not go into Star, go back to Starfleet. I kind of felt like when she said, this wasn't my call, it was kind of a jab at him for going back into Starfleet. Listen, you got back into the fray and this is what happens, right? Like, I kind of sense that. I don't know. I don't know. She's
1: a captain, too, so she's off running, running around gallivanting. Him staying at home means yeah. nothing. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I you know, just tend to believe she just was like, hey, listen, don't blame me for this. <laughs> right. This, this, is, this is above my pay grade. Right. And so off they beam. Yep. Yeah, before, and right before uh, Una beamed away, he grabbed. He was about to fight. And she tells him, like,
3: no. Yeah, she's like, let me go. You know, I knew this was coming. And this last shot of the season is Pike looking down and then like the season seven ending of Dexter, he just looks right into the camera, right at us with this blank expression and you fade to black. Yeah, Uh, incredible ending. To an amazing season, but before we go, obviously we want to run down, Anthony, our top three uh, moments of this episode, our favorite. We always start with number three, and I started the last two weeks, so I'm going to have you lead us off uh, for this last episode.
1: So my number three moment was when the Farragut got shredded by the romulan ship. I mean, it just got torn up. I loved the way that it was shot. Um Kirk upside down, the rotating cameras. It, it just really felt like I was sitting aboard the ship and yeah. and the, and I felt that intensity as it was happening. So I just I just thought that was just directed so well.
3: My number 3 was the scene where they were deliberating whether to go into war. With the Romulans. They're on a pursuit course. They're following the Ion Trail. They haven't been discovered yet. And that roundtable scene where you had all the different voices, Spock and Ortegas being you know, militant about it, Mbenga being pacifist about it, Kirk kind of being Kirk. And, and I just I love that moment because it really did show, as you mentioned early on in this podcast, the various voices that Pike allows from his crew. So I thought that was a great moment.
1: Yeah. My number two moment was the, the dialogue and banter between Captain Pike and the commander of the Romulan ship. I just Mm -hmm. love the, I'm always a, I'm big on leadership in real life and, Mm -hmm. and I just have these ideals for what great leaders are. And I just love the fact that, you know, Pike and the commander of the Romulan ship were rising above what everybody else wanted to do, which was to attack each other, you know? And I, I think there's always lessons to learn because if, you know, they're, they're taking a moment of pause to, to find out, to find
3: another way. Do we have to, do we have to battle it out? And I really, really appreciated that. And that's pure Star Trek, which by the way, was swiftly punished by the Romulans, too. So that's kind of Star Trek, too, if you stick to the Romulans' a way of doing business. Um, you know, my number two was a little more subtle this week. It was the relationship between Old Pike and New Pike. Um, I just, I don't know what it was, but I just loved seeing Anson Mount with a little bit of age on his face, a little bit of wisdom, wearing that 2280 uh, Starfleet uniform, talking to his former self, as if he were his dad He has a little humor And I just, I don't know I just kind of like that moment I really never felt for one second That it was somehow a split screen done differently I really bought that it was the two of them in the same room
1: hmm. uh, Number one for me I just overall liked the dilemma that Pike, Pike was facing I mean, mm-hmm. I just liked his performance across Anton Mount's performance across the whole entire episode. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the first time we really got a chance to dig deep with him. I mean, yeah. really, really dig deep, and you got a chance to see several sides of him: the un- you know uncertainty, anger, remorse. It was all right there, front and center, and we got a chance to feel all those things in one particular episode.
3: I I, I think. I think you're right, and I'll dovetail off that a little bit. I, before I give you my number one, I, I want to do a special shout out. I didn't make this three, two, or one, but I just want to again say that the graphics this whole season, and especially tonight in this episode, were just mm-hmm. phenomenal. So I just want to do a special nod to that. But uh, my number one was the moment that I realized that it was Spock, that the one was the one that was, you know, injured critically injured his body lying there torn apart uh and then the resulting relationship unfolding in that conference room at the end between uh Pike and Spock or as you say Spike where they <laughs> you know they, they it's it's a it's a bro hug without hugging he calls him Chris and to me that sets up season 2 and that sets up the special relationship that they're going to have and i thought that was both Ending one era and starting another, and I thought it was a, a great moment.
1: Wow! I mean, what an exciting Oof. season! I I really, I really, really, uh, I'm just really, really happy. Uh, a I'm happy that Strange New Worlds lived up to its potential.
4: Yes. Uh, I'm glad that
1: it far wasn't a major it. dud. <laughs> yeah, they exceeded our expectations. I think
3: so. And, by and far. they
1: did. They were brilliant across the season. Of yeah. Periodically bringing in original series elements, yeah. uh, from yeah. Spock Amok when he, um, yeah, you know, had the fight scene with the classic.
3: Dun dun dun
1: dun yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. I I, I really yeah. really did like that. Um, yeah. bringing in, you know, the first look at the Romulans and using yeah. that classic music so once again. Great. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. And just all these tip of the
3: hats, you know, to various well, things, and, bringing and in to know, Paul. Don't, I, let's I think great. For, uh, To Pring. But do, don't forget, um, you know, Hammer. You know, he wasn't there for this last one. And, you know, we're going to miss him too. And he was a great character. And to lose him this season uh, was hard. And, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll see Lon next year. I hope so. Um, I think she really blossomed right at the end So maybe they'll bring her back Um, That would be nice Yeah. Um, But yeah, I agree, it's just been a hell of a season But, you know, Anthony, the good news is To everyone out there listening This is not the end of Energize We've got another assignment That Starfleet has has handed us A mission, as it were Lower Decks Lower Decks, coming out Quarter 3 of 2022 Which is just about a month from now uh, Anthony and I will be back with Energize, talking about the half-hour uh, comedy series, Lower Decks, which we both love. This will be season three, and we can't wait to, to go through it with all of you. And I think we're going to have a blast with this series because, you know, for the first two seasons, and I'm sure our listeners have watched it, um, they just drop endless uh, Easter eggs for all the other series and all the other movies. It's just, they're constantly referring to Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and, uh, you know, Voyager. And, I mean, there's one, you know, Boimler has a has a man crush on Tom Paris. And, like, there's just some really great stuff in there. The voice acting is fantastic. And I think season three is going to be great. And they uh, they've also greenlit season four. So we're going to do... This, and we're also going to do Picard next year as well. And we'll be back for season two of Strange New Worlds. So, Energize sticks around. Well, that wraps up this episode and this season of Energize.
1: Um, We we so appreciate you uh, for listening, and we look forward to returning next season. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live
3: long and prosper.